welcome back to Millennial Fam. We are here with Catherine Hunter Blyden, the founder and CEO of Hello Chefy, a marketplace for chefs and the people who need them, transforming the way that we access exquisite cuisine in our communities. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Today, thank you so much for being here. Um, so Millennial Fam is all about the families who are out to have it all a wonderful work-life balance, the life of their family, their hobbies, their friends. Um, and we're all struggling with that. We're all learning a lot. We're learning for each other. So thank you for being here and sharing your story with us. Um, you love food. I do. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does that... Uh, how, it, is that why you chose, I mean, like if you had just come across someone in another industry that needed some marketing help, do you think you would have attached yourself to it in the same way that you have? Um, I, I don't know. I will tell you, I, when I stumbled across the idea, I was talking to a very dear friend that I've known um, since business school, and, and I'm coming up on my 20-year anniversary for business school. And he said to me, oh my gosh, it's marketing and it's food. It's so you. <laughs> Um, and it does. It fits. That definitely fits me well. Um, but what I found is that I'm I, not actually in the food side of the business. I can ooh and ah at the food picks that the chefs make available. But um, at the end of the day, I'm actually learning much more about the restaurant side of the industry and the things that I'm competing with. I'm learning more about the challenges that the chefs have, the challenges that the chefs have in serving food, the expectation that customers have in the food that's prepared for them, whether it be the safety features or, um, in the food that they eat, just in safe food handling, or um, it could be the security that uh, people feel about strangers coming into their home, um, just about cuisine preferences, right? Uh, what do people eat more of? When, when we created the online questionnaire, there's a space in the questionnaire for cuisine, and under cuisine we have a list. We have, for instance, Italian and Mexican and American and barbecue and Japanese. There are others. <laughs> but it's interesting. I now know what's the most common selection of a cuisine amongst the clients that we get. Yeah. So, so just learning about customers, what they want, what they need, the chefs, more of what they need, um, where their gaps are in skills as well. You know, I can see based on which chefs win which bids, where their gaps are. And then I can use that as a training tool to, in the long run, elevate the quality of the business for all of the chefs, right? In effect, I can share best practices because I can see it in the data. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and how you came to be there. So, so let, me, let me go back to mm -hmm. why I started Hello Chefy. And you, you asked, what am I doing now? So I was mentoring small business owners. I have been doing that for a few years now. And with that, what I found is that there's a lot of bad advice and there's a lot of bad resources that exist for uh, small business owners. And I just stumbled across an opportunity to um, help some people who were in the food industry. And it happens that my expertise is in marketing. And so I have a good sense of how to get leads efficiently. And I stumbled across, 
I guess, a problem that I felt needed to be solved in the marketplace, and that was to help chefs become better business owners. And I can do that by helping them get their leads more efficiently than they do today. What was happening is traditionally uh, chefs have gotten leads through word, word of mouth. And as the tech food scene became more prominent, people had more choices so they can get food that is delivered to their door that they make themselves. They can have food delivered themselves. Um, in addition to the traditional restaurant, there are pop-up dinners now, which is where strangers kind of get together and someone hosts that dinner. Um, and that's a, that's a high-tech uh, service or high-tech business several business models like that, that that exist. And so the chefs then, independent chefs, have to compete in that space, and they have to compete in this digital space, and they don't know how to. If you look at Twitter or Facebook and you search for chefs, what you'll find is a lot of really dormant accounts where people started because they thought, oh, I can do this, and it's free because it's social. Um, I know that social media is not free. <laughs> it's not free marketing, not free parking. Um, and so I thought there's an opportunity there. And so that's what I've embarked to discover. What kind of people are these chefs? Are, are they people who've been to a lot of school to become a culinary expert? Are they people who are self-taught in their homes? Are they men? Are they women? Are they parents? Are they single? They're all of those things. They're all of those things. So we do have a minimum requirement for the chefs that we bring on board. So we tend to get a more tenured chef. And it, it really takes a more tenured chef to do to offer the service that we offer because they have to, for instance, create a menu and they have to price that menu appropriately. And newly minted chefs t- tend to not have that experience. They're just getting their cooking skills down. Um, so we have that. And so we tend to have more experienced chefs, but they're men and they're women and they're married and they're single. Um, a lot of them are independent chefs that are already personal or private chefs. They may, may be private chefs for a family that they serve regularly, but they have enough capacity in their work hours to add more time. So they work with us. Um, we have some chefs that are restaurant chefs. So they work otherwise full time and they fill in the gaps with evening and um, weekend hours. Do you find them seeking the same sorts of things? Is it, is it extra hours? Is it creative experience? Is it different types of clientele? Is it, what, are, what are these chefs looking for when they come to you? What are they trying to improve about their work or life? I think most of them are just looking for leads. They are in their businesses, right? At the end of the day, they're looking for additional income and they get that through leads. And there are a number of sources where chefs can find leads today, but like I said, some of it is, okay, well, I'll be independent and I'll hang out my shingle and I'll find people, but that takes funds and that can be extremely costly. There are other services that provide leads to them. Uh, Most of them charge a fee. Actually, all of them that I know charge an upfront fee. And so a lot of chefs aren't as comfortable paying those fees. Um, The other thing that happens is when they pay a fee up front, then it's up to them to convert that to uh, an actual customer. And those lead generation sources that offer leads that don't have any skin in the game, that don't care whether or not the lead is quality because they just want you to pay for the lead, um, 
they're not as discerning. So at the end of the day, that's that's really what the chefs are looking for. I'm hoping that we provide much more than that in the long term. I want to make them better business leaders. What do you think these, I mean, as better business leaders, how will that change the food industry? If you had better leaders in the food industry, what would happen? Well, what it's going to do for chefs in the short run is um, improve their earnings, right? So the average chef makes $20 an hour in the U.S. And, you know, that's after two years of culinary school, which can be quite expensive. And so it tends to be not enough to even cover their student loans, right? So this creates an opportunity for them to um, earn more. Now, if this spreads the way that I want it to, it should raise wages for chefs, right? Because they have other alternatives. Um, it it will value chefs differently than than we do, at least from a monetary standpoint today. Were you always drawn towards entrepreneurship, or did it happen for some other for some other reason? Yeah, great question. No, <laughs> I was not always drawn towards entrepreneurship. I went to school and got out and got a job like everyone I know did um, many, many years ago when when I got out of school, not like the millennial generation uh, (laughs) that wants to come out and start their own business immediately. I worked in corporate and I worked in corporate for um, many years and that I think was part of the expectation and uh, it's good because you can learn a lot ru- uh, working in a very complex, very large, multi-billion-dollar, multinational company. You can learn a lot, and so I did, and that was great for me. When the market changed in the mid two thousands, there was a downturn in the company that I was working for, and they went through a round of layoffs, and I was in that layoff, and they said, "Oh, you can look for something internally," and I chose to not look for something and to renegotiate my package and leave. And it's probably the best thing I did. That's been almost 10 years ago now. And I started out, I had some time and money and resources and I worked for nonprofits for a little while. And that was great. And then I decided to hang out my own shingle and I started to do some consulting. And then I stumbled across an idea to start Hello Chefy, and that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. Do you think that the millennial generation, that is so many of them jumping out and starting their own thing right away, do you think they'd benefit from taking the time to work for these larger companies and learn from these big establishments before doing that? Yes, I think that there could be a benefit for millennials to go out and work in corporations, but I don't think that it's for everyone. And I love that they have more options and that the expectation isn't as rigid as it was when I got out of school. Um, I think there are so many more options. And I think jumping into entrepreneurship when you have fewer resources and fewer responsibilities, the risk seems so much lower. And... That's a good thing. <laughs> what because did, Go ahead. I was going to say, because it can get harder when there's more on the line, when you have kids that are in school, and particularly if you're paying things like tuition. 
um, you know, there's definitely different risks that are involved at that point. What, how, how risky did it feel? Where were you in your family life at the point where you went into entrepreneurship? How did you handle that feeling of risk? Well, um, like I said, when I first left, I had um, plenty of resources to cover my household. I was a single parent at the time, and um, we had what we needed to live comfortably, comfortably for some time. And so I guess I was fortunate in that way to be able to go and work for nonprofits who, you know, um, stereotypically don't pay well, and they actually don't. But uh, <laughs> um, but I I just had an opportunity to uh, to try some new things, and so that was fine. I think as that time wears on, there there are certain perks that exist when you are a junior level officer in a uh, fifteen billion dollar company. Uh, that go away quickly when you work for yourself. And some of it is even just the resources of having people around you that help to get things done. Um, even administrative things, even clerical things that I had support for previously that I don't. I, I, that was an adjustment for me. And then you have, you have two sons. I do. My oldest, he's long out of high school. He is a charter jet broker. And my youngest is going to high school next year. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. That's a big deal. Yes. How has your life in corporate and then in entrepreneurship affected the way that you that you rate? I mean, you had, you had them seemingly in two very different time periods of your life. What was that like? I did. I did. So my older son kind of came of age when I was working in corporate, and I was in a corporate role that required a lot of travel. And so I traveled frequently, and I really did not spend as much time with him as I've been able to with my younger son, um, simply because I was gone a lot. Even when he was uh, in middle school, I can remember he was of the age where I thought he doesn't need a babysitter and more importantly he thought he didn't need a babysitter so I had someone come in um, during the day to stay with him and she was the house sitter but she also happened to organize him and keep him on task for doing his homework Um, but she was also available to help me when I was out and traveling so that was great Um, With my younger one, when he was born, I was still in corporate and he, you know, I had support at home for him as well and someone to even help me take him to and from preschool. Um, Once I was out of corporate and I had more control over my schedule, I got to do things like take him to school myself, (laughs) which is good. Um, I, I have definitely have more time to be at his school, be involved in his school, um, be more active and hands-on with him now that I have more, much more control over my own schedule. So we, you know, I think you and I have both been in positions where, and, and will continue to be, where we're surging ahead with a lot of work, times where we have more flexibility, and I think so many of our listeners are the same way. Um, 
when you go into these, you have these periods of flexibility, these periods of more away time. How do you how do you stay connected during those busy times? How do you stay the hands-on parent that you want to be when you do have to be putting extra hours into your new business or when you were away on travel? Gosh, um, so probably really handled those things differently depending on where I was. Um, my older son and I, we had even more resources than I have today, or at least it felt that way. And so our vacations were true vacations, and we got to see different places um, around the world that my younger son has seen less of at the same age. Um, so there was more travel, and I would say our downtime was really downtime because um, as I work for myself today, if I'm not working, nothing's happening, right? When I was in corporate, if I left, there are still people there getting things done, and that was great. And so when I disconnected, and I often when I went on vacation, I truly disconnected. Um, now when I go on vacation, it's harder to disconnect. I can disconnect for short periods of time, but not longer periods of time, um, particularly given where I'm at. I was consulting previously, and as a consultant, if I'm not working, there's nothing coming in, so I need to be working. As a business owner now, uh, I need to still be very active, particularly given where I am with Hello Sheffy. I mean, we started it last year. And so just where we are in the cycle, it requires a lot more time. Now, that's not to say that I did not, I don't have downtime um, as a self-employed person. But before I started Hello Sheffy, I used to uh, take a staycation for a day quarterly for myself. And I just scheduled it. And I, it usually involves some very nice spa away all day or maybe 24 hours. <laughs> Your face is glowing while you're talking about this. <laughs> yes. And it dawned on me the other day that I haven't done that since I started Hello Sheffy. And I, again, I'm just in a different cycle. We are definitely in startup mode. There's a lot that's been happening. Um, but in terms of the time with my son, I think I have more frequency now with the younger son than I had with the older son. Um, but it's not always as focused because I'm always thinking about the business. What do you think they're learning from you? Or what do you hope that they're learning from you? So, you know, all of this work, whether you're working in corporate or you're working for yourself, is just part of the journey, right? And so I hope that they are learning to enjoy the journey. My older son will tell you, it's, it's, what's the one thing that you've learned from your mom? He will say that life is about experiences. It's just about the collection of the things that we do, and I want them to enjoy that. I have a lot of things in my house that I've collected over the years. And as time goes on, um, I see those things age and they lose their value. My experiences never lose their value. Um, 
my son, my older son and I, when he was a junior in high school, just the two of us, uh, went to Rome for a week. And we had fabulous experiences. And at the time, he loved history. He loved his history class. And there's a 2,000-year-old building every other block. (laughs) So those are experiences um, that will never lose their value. So even when they see me working, like they, I love what I do. I work hard, but I love what I do. Um, I am happier now because I love what I do more than I did when I was in corporate. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hope they're learning to enjoy the journey. So one of the things that we're striving for at Millennial Fam is having everything. What do you think about that? Is that a reasonable thing for us to all think we can get? Wow, that's a big, that's a big question. Um, it depends on what your everything is. You know, if your everything is centered in finding happiness, then yes, you can have everything. It doesn't mean that every moment of every day will be happy. It just means that um, that you can continue to strive for that peace, and that you know that peace can give you everything. If your everything is um, has something to do with the things you collect, this gets back to my <laughs> my recurring theme in my life that life is about experiences. If, if it's about the collection of the things that you can get, no, I don't think you can have everything. In fact, I don't think you can ever have enough if you're on this this collection of things that you're trying to get. Um, if, if your everything is uh, work-life balance, as I mentioned, in different points in my life, it meant different things. Um, work-life balance when I was in corporate meant downtime when I had downtime and real downtime. Um, now it means taking more frequent uh, breaks from my work, but somewhat less focused breaks. Um, it is hard to be a full-time mom and a full-time employee or a full-time mom and a full-time business person. Um, but if you define your sec- success in both of those spaces, I think it's possible to get there. So. What's your next big experience? I don't think I know what it is yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to come. Um, right now, I am definitely in serious work mode with Hello Sheffy. There's very there's much to do there. I am uh, out and looking for funding for Hello Sheffy, which is an experience in and of itself. I'm meeting new people as a result of that. And... Um, having an experience that I would have never had in corporate because it was never my responsibility to, to go out and get external funds when I was in corporate. But uh, now this is definitely a new new experience. What's, what is, so someone who is aspiring a life change, right? whether they're an entrepreneur going to industry or they're uh, in corporate and, and going back to school, what would be your advice to that person? 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's tough because I didn't, I don't know if I aspired to get to where I am. It, it happened. It was just like an evolutionary process that got me to where I am now. Um, I think, I think the, the, you just have to be flexible. You have to, not, not, not just adaptable in your skills, that's one thing, but you have to be, this sounds so corny, you have to be flexible in your soul. You have to be ready for something that's new and different and say, it's okay if there's change because it's gonna happen. <laughs> Thank you so much. You bring such a unique perspective with the the balance of the corporate and the entrepreneurial life, having lived both of those so thoroughly and so vibrantly. And as so many of us wrestle with those decisions, I think people are going to get so much value out of the advice you've been able to share. So thank you. You're welcome so much for being here. That will close us out for today. We will see you guys uh, very soon with another great guest here on Millennial Fam. And go out and get it all.